What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Chronicles of Runeterra. I am Mike. And I'm Sean. And we are back once again, this time not doing a full episode breakdown for the first time. How does it feel to not have to break down another episode? It's, it's, um... It's really bittersweet. Not lie. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of bittersweet. I mean, I know what you mean because our yeah. note taking process and everything, it's a it's a long, uh, arduous process. So, well, it's um, it's kind of like that whole thing where what, what do people say? Like you can't, you don't want to turn your hobby into a job because then it's exactly it kind of yeah. sucks the joy out. And I was getting there near the end. Luckily, Arcane is so good that it carried me through no problem. But. Uh, near the end, I was like, man, I'm so ready just to be able to watch this and not have to think about anything. Just let it wash over me, you know? Yeah, because so. there really is, like, and it's true, like, the the fact that it is such a great show makes it so much better, thank God. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is one of those things where it does get tiring, like, working my way through it. Because, like, every episode, I think it would turn into, like, a two-hour venture of, like, pause, note 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 mm-hmm. rewind note 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 unpause to get like five it basically i took one step forward every pause and then two, <laughs> two steps, steps back, back. <laughs> yeah so it took forever for me to complete it um but yeah next time i, I think i i realized that the very last episode um i was like you know what i'm just gonna try uh verbal note taking after or i mean uh you know talk to text after this and, and give that a shot so I think I'm going to try that next time. Mike cuts yeah. the time down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and luckily, like, I mean, luckily and unlucky, uh, there's there's just not a whole lot of this content yet. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, I, I foresee a future where we're getting multiple seasons of different parts of Terra per yeah. year. Like a Marvel situation where there's always like another show that comes fairly soon. Yeah. After. I mean, I, yeah. I I think the with and we can kind of just hop into it a little bit, but I think Riot, you know, the the CEO confirmed that they were working on like an additional season, like something in like 2020, something mm-hmm. ridiculous. Uh, I I saw it. I, I I should have sent it to you, but I was just like, oh, okay. But it was like very it, like the CEO of Right doesn't have many followers on Twitter. Um, right. You know, he, he's not saying a whole lot, so it kind of just flew under the radar. But I I know for certain that. You know, even with it not fully finished, but mm-hmm. being able to kind of see that, um, what is it? The, the, just the the concept on the screen and see that the and read the story like the the actual script. I'm sure the CEO is immediately just like, oh yeah, we have to green light another thing. Like this is if we can do this, then we can continue. So um, yeah. I'm so, yeah. telling you right now, I think that, uh, I mean, from what they've said, I get the impression that other shows are have already been in production. I think the next season we are going to get will actually be the first season of a different show, then shortly followed up by season two of Arcane. So we'll see what happens. It's all speculation at this point. But yeah. either way, we do know one thing, and that's more, much more is to come. Yes. So, which is fantastic whenever you're dealing with a universe like this. Yeah. So and we'll, before, we'll be we'll be here to help guide you through it, guys. Okay. Every so. single exhausting bit of it. That's yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, before we hop right into what this episode is going to be about, which I'll tell you right now, this one's all about answering the lingering questions that we have, speculating uh, forward to the future, what's going to happen in season two, if they're going to address something in season two. Um, and some lore things along the way uh, that'll go along with a lot of these questions. So um, there's already like 
Sean does not know which questions that we have. We knew that we were going to have a lot of the same questions. So I went ahead and put out my questions and we're going to be talking about all of them. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, already just from my questions, there is so much to dig into. So just everyone prepare themselves. We have no idea how long this episode's going to be. <laughs> um, but before we hop in, I just want to go ahead and say. Once again, thank you guys for everyone that's listening. We really appreciate it. Um, we are getting fantastic responses for this thing. And um, we do have, um, as I said, more content coming relating to the things that we just talked about. But one of the things that we do have coming in the very near future is Adventures of Runeterra. That is a D&D real play podcast featuring the world of Runeterra, specifically going into the um, uh, Piltover and Zaun region that we now know and love from arcane so a lot of you guys have a lot of context to go in there it's going to be a lot of fun so make sure to check that out we'll keep you guys updated it's probably going to be about a month or so month and a half before we release the first episode and it'll be weekly from then on but yeah it's going to be really cool high production music all that kind of stuff so uh, we're looking forward to it but let's go ahead and now hop into the good juicy stuff that we're going to well, be answering. Okay. So I just want to, um, so <laughs> Whoa, what, you, are you, what are you going to say? <laughs> did you take a look at the reviews that we got <laughs> recently? <laughs> Which ones? Oh, I was actually going to do a different episode with some of those for this next idea for an episode I have. Okay, but if you okay. want to do some now we can, well, let's, let's do one of them for now and we'll, we'll kind of okay. savor it. Right. So let's do the, Go for the, it, yeah. The, the earliest one and then as they come in we'll we'll okay you know we'll kind of spread it out but uh, we got um, a review from snug 77 oh, and I know this one. <laughs> and uh, the, the title is excellent oh, I love that word it's a great word of course to describe when it, uh, I love it no. when it applies to us yeah <laughs> yeah of course um, uh, and he, uh, snug says I appreciate the commentary and deep dive into the series I don't play the video games so I don't have insight into the lore Hey, I'm just going to stop right there and let you know that the video game does nothing to imp- like expand the lore, really. I mean, there, there was there's some events that they've started to do. Yeah. But, I mean, that was in the past year and a half, two years that they started doing that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't don't feel like you're, you know, like alone. Like you're the only one left like, out of the party. Yeah. yeah. The, we're just very weird. And we, we go super deep into stuff that no one else even really knows about. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, and then um, Snug rounds it off with uh, this podcast gives me a more in depth perspective. So we appreciate that, Snug. So thank you very much, Snugs. That is amazing to hear. And I actually just forgot this. It's not the perfect place to put it because I should have put it next to the um, other podcast plug. But we are also working on another podcast because we can't stop podcasts. (laughs) Um, Working or dealing with the many stories. Uh, of Runeterra so there's tons of different stories out there dealing with the world of League of Legends which are so incredibly done and um, we because we just have so much extra time on our hands apparently uh, we like to do and have done before a few like uh, kind of radio dramas for them where we kind of get different people to play different characters and we um, act That's out the, a lot of fun. the story of fun. it really yeah. is especially because we, we add music and sound effects and things like that so it all sounds very good and there's literally thousands of these things there's usually on average about two stories per character and a lot of them intertwine other characters as well as you know 
um, you know, no name or not no name characters, but other random characters that aren't like champions or anything like that. So it's a lot of fun to do. We have a lot of people that want to participate in it. So, you know, we're going to be working on, we don't have an exact name for that podcast yet or what we're going to be attaching it to. If it'll be a part of this one, we don't know, but that stuff is coming. So if lore stuff really is your thing, make sure to pay attention for that because, not only will the D and D one have a bit of that, but this one is literally going to be all about the war. So, and, and I just want to I want to throw mm-hmm. in one little thing, and uh, so just you know, be on the lookout for that. We'll we'll keep you updated. But also, if you are someone that's wanting to get into voice acting and you've got some you know eccentric voices and stuff like that, reach out to us. Right? True. We, we know we're not going to guarantee that we're going to put you on the pod. Like you got to be got to be good. You know. Um, but <laughs> way better. Way better. Because we're the bar. Yeah, let I mean, me we're... tell you, <laughs> such professionals over here. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, if if that's something you're interested in, you know, uh, hit us up on on Twitter um, at cor underscore pod or Chronicles of mm-hmm. Runeterra. Um, you, you'll find us there, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be happy. You know, send us a, lo- a couple little demos of of stuff that you've done and and we'll we'll take a look at it yeah dm us or tag us in a a post or anything like that and we will definitely hit you back we'd love to hear anything like that and and make sure you guys subscribe to it too because we'll keep all the news on what we're doing right there as well to keep everyone updated in one you know thing that you just have to subscribe to so All right, I think we're ready to actually head well, into the episode. One last now. thing. One oh, last God. thing. <laughs> so we just uh, we oh, posted. I thought you on... were kidding. <laughs> no, I was not. I was not. Uh, <laughs> this I seriously have one last thing. So okay, <laughs> um, uh, we posted on Twitter recently, right? With uh, and with the uh, you know arcane being over and probably mm-hmm. not going to get anything in the foreseeable future right now um, or near future, I should say. Yeah. We are going to, you know, we want our Twitter account to still be relevant and exciting and whatnot. So we'll be dedicating that to a lot of, uh, you know, like fan art and, and cosplays. If you've mm-hmm. got like fan fiction and stuff that you want to run by, oh, we'll yes, retweet please. you. Yeah. Um, so definitely, um, you know, subscribe to our Twitter. We're still going to keep that going as, as uh, time goes on. Because at the end of the day, like... You know, Mike and I, we've been a part of the League of Legends community since the beginning. Yeah. And we've seen the potential in these characters, even when the game takes us to our limits, our breaking points. Oh, um, yeah. And we, we've, I mean, I've broken a couple of times, but uh, <laughs> Mike will tell you. Um, but the one thing that stands true is the characters in this game are yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, maybe one time we'll, we'll have um, a writer maybe get on and, and talk about the des- design philosophy because it's a really fascinating uh, design approach. And I think it's something really that, that has really resonated um, since the beginning with players and you know just fans alike people that aren't even playing the game anymore they still love these characters which tells you a whole lot that this is the game is just a i don't want to say it's just a medium it's a pretty big medium but you know it's a it's a a vessel to to carry these characters forward and with arcane i just i'm so excited to see what the future holds with uh with our um you know cinematic approach to these characters yeah well you see the the power shifting as we speak right because yeah before they just had that one game as the medium of delivery right over time they've now added several new games which they've been utilizing very well to introduce new for or uh, i guess new aspects of the world of runeterra right and so it's been very much like the the purpose of league of legends has been diminishing more on the introducing new lore aspect uh, to now more of just the game that it is right but 
you know, we're seeing all of these, you know, not only in different games, but also, you know, now in shows and what will be movies, they've said. Yeah, it's it's good seeing the focus turning more towards the world rather than the game. Well, and and just to kind of lean on that. So, you know, Riot is taking a very aggressive approach to their storytelling. Um, So a lot of a lot of people reach and they're like, should I get into League of Legends? And I'm like, you know, if you want to really test your mental limits, I mean, League is amazing. Like it, it will push you to the edge. And you, you honestly, yeah. honestly, God, you will discover things about yourself that you didn't know. Right. And you'll be Both forced to confront bad. them. Good and bad. <laughs> as, as someone that's been there, like and you'll be yeah. forced to confront it and, and reckon with it. And I, I actually think League for a lot of that stuff. It's made me a much more patient person. Definitely. Um, definitely. <laughs> Mike's like, absolutely. I would say the bad, it's not a bad strategy, though, if you really want to just give League of Legends a shot. Like, there's yeah. been a lot of people that have, like, because of this show, I want to try out League of Legends. And, uh, like, you know, everyone always says League of Legends has the most toxic community ever. I, I promise you, that's not actually the situation. Every multiplayer game yeah. that has a large portion of human beings playing it has the most toxic population ever right this just has the most players ever so it feels like that so it really if you're new and you don't like stuff like that you can't handle stuff like that that's totally fine turn off the chat options you know what i mean you can mute everyone you don't have to worry about people including your teammates just mute it and play and have fun they've literally went to that format for a lot of the the games that they've made since league of legends because it it does improve the player experience yeah. they found. Well, and, so. and with that said, I kind of want to lean into, or not lean, but uh, lead into. Um, what was this episode again? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm like, it was just a big advertisement for Riot. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, so like, you know, they've got other games out now. So you've got League of Legends, you've got Valorant, which is a, a different IP. It's not based in Runeterra, right? Right. Um, you've got Teamfight Tactics, which is an auto chess game. It's mm-hmm. really, really well received. Uh, mm-hmm. League of Legends Wild Rift. Right. That's the mm-hmm. mobile version. And that version will be coming to Xbox and PlayStation. I don't yep. know if it's coming to Switch. Uh, I think it is coming to Switch, actually. OK. It, I mean, it should. It, it, the graphics aren't too intense. Um, right. And then you've got one of my favorite games by them is Legends of Runeterra. It's a mm-hmm. card game. I still play it to this day. And it's just I also I, has I, a good amount to do with lore as well. Yeah. If you really want to get into lore and it's a, it's a nice building, way to get into it, it's, it's probably the best way, actually. Um, Out of the games. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's actually just a just a really pleasant game to play. It's it's always one V one. You know, they may come out with like a two V two thing or something like that. But it's always mono y mono. There's no toxicity at all. Um, so it's it's really fun to play. They just uh, came out with four new games, right? Mm-hmm. These games are from what's called Riot Forge. It's they're partnering with um, with other studios, and uh, they're using this as a way to to explore the world, right? Um, the one that that just or the two that just came out is the Rune King, um, which is a top down kind of uh, I don't want to say maze RPG runner. RPG well, RPG. Uh, um, uh, what's it called? R- RTS RPG, I suppose. Yeah. So, um, and it's, yeah, so turn-based combat, right? Whenever you run into combat. It's really fun. Um, It's not necessarily up my alley, um, but I'm I'm playing it. So then you've got Hextech Mayhem, which I haven't even touched that one yet, but it looks like crazy. Um, And that one's with Ziggs and Heimer. They've got Convergence coming out, which is a platformer, like a 2D platform um, with Echo. 
right? right. Um, that one actually looks amazing. Very, That's the one I'm most good. hyped for. And then yeah. they've got Song of Nunu, which is a, an actual, like, you know, um, uh, was it third person RPG, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's going to be exploring the Freljord. And yeah. uh, and they, they, they've already kind of teased some characters, right? So you got Nunu and Willump, or the, right. the the characters you play as. And I did see Lissandra in the trailer, so I'm not um, surprised. Yeah. So yeah, so if you're if you want to get into to Runeterra, right? League of Legends isn't the only option. Definitely, if right. you're if you're willing to take it on, absolutely do it. I mean, some of the most fun I have is on League of Legends. But sure. uh, <clears throat> if if you're a little hesitant towards that there's plenty of other options i will say i think legends of Runeterra is so easy to get into it's honestly crazy um, definitely so yeah and it's but, on mobile too so it's, it's very on mobile. easy yeah yep yep all right well are we ready now to get into the actual yes we're ready bits of this the episode? ad is okay. over so all right well, we yeah, are getting just, paid for this at all either so <laughs> summarizing in like in like 20 seconds here just make sure to check out adventures of Runeterra and stay tuned for the um, other podcasts that we mentioned dealing with the lore of the stories and subscribe to the Twitter for news on both. That's the summation of our stuff. The rest was flavor around it. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. Oh, and uh, C-O-R underscore pod. That is at C-O-R underscore pod or search for it on Twitter. Um, that's how you'll find it. All right. Now we can focus on the actual episode. So Ooh, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off a few questions. But of course, the first one that I'm going to start with is the one that we're all thinking of. It's the biggest question, and that is, who will survive the Jinx rocket? <clears throat> you want to go right into the the meat, huh? Right into the meat, because there's we're going to trickle from there. There's a reason why. Okay, so <clears throat> if I had to give my input, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely think... I'm forcing you to give your input. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 It, uh, I would say that Jason Victor have too much plot armor mm-hmm. um, to to get killed off. Mel as well. Mm-hmm. I think those three definitely survive. Um, mm-hmm. The only one that I could see, like that kind of like his, if you look back on it, his character arc kind of went from beginning to end is uh, Jace. I think he's the only other one that really saw his character arc all the way through. So, and we got to see him with his hammer. Well, so, no, well, he has a yeah a huge part of his character arc is with Victor. Yes, like yeah. the finalization, the fully realization of Victor. But if so. what I'm saying is, if they if they wanted to, that is something that they could do is kill off Jace for some reason. Um, no, I, I, I you don't think so? I think there's zero point i mean you can't go any lower than zero but no it's just not happening no zero okay, okay. zero 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 percent chance <laughs> um either way i think those three survive i definitely think uh miss Kiraman dies mm-hmm. uh they made a point to show uh caitlin and then miss Kiraman mm-hmm. with a rocket in the air and i was like mm-hmm. okay um so and i think that's going to be a major motivation uh behind Caitlyn um, and mm-hmm. her, her uh, you know, pursuit of justice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think Caitlyn is not going to make it. I think they could keep one of the council members. Um, I just don't see what they would add uh, yeah. in the future. But, you know, who knows? They, maybe they're, they're, you know, I don't know where they would go. But I could see them saving one of the council members, but it's definitely not Caitlyn's mom. Um mm-hmm. 
And I definitely think Mel and Victor and Jace are going to live through that. Yeah. So do you want me to say why? Or sure. Yeah. 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 Let's. I mean, we're gonna for everyone right now. Like, there's gonna be spoilery stuff in this potentially. Like, it's all speculation as of right now. But um, I mean, there's a few things that we've. I think we've already even said in the podcast that are just so obvious that if you haven't seen it, like you should know by now. But I mean, we're definitely going into things that might happen in the future that are related to lore and stuff like that. So just be prepared going into this episode. But yeah, yeah. go and, ahead and, and tell me your full thought. And I, I personally don't want to like, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I don't want to theorize like ex- like too ridiculous level. Um, I'd like to keep it a little bit more provincial in the, the theorizing just because I don't want to like shoot a shotgun and then guaranteed to hit, you know, kind of thing. Um so, well, I don't yeah. think we're guaranteeing anything here besides something that they teased at the very end. Yeah. Of okay. The episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And this, this, so, um, I think Mel has um, Solari powers. Mm-hmm. We see her wearing a Solari outfit um, in the mm-hmm. flashback where um, her mother talks about being the wolf and the fox, right? All right. Man, it's such a good good opener for her um god damn um, i love her so much uh and um but her her outfit she's wearing is is a solari outfit that that i'm just i'm 100 sure one thing with the solaris is they harness the power of the sun and they're just very i mean they've got some of the coolest armor in the game it's this like golden armor and it like basically uh shines whenever they activate it and stuff um so that's kind of what we saw um at the end there whenever the rocket is about to hit and you see mel turn her her head and you see it actually it it shows her like without clothes on just so you can see the the armor that's embedded into her skin like Mm -hmm. glisten right um i did do a little bit of research on some of the <laughs> Legends of Runeterra cards. And there are, I believe there's two. Let me get them pulled up real quick. I don't know if you want to say anything while I'm, while I'm pulling those up. No, I'll, I want you to have one pure stream of pure thought. Pure stream of thought. thought. Yes. Okay, so there is a card in Legends of Runeterra. I don't know what it's called because I just copied the picture. Um, of a Solari. He's got gold on his shoulder. Um, and it looks like a gold plate that's embedded into his skin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at a couple other cards. Then there's there's also, it's yeah. Oh man, that's I'm looking at it even in, in a better view. It's got um, this Solari priestess right, and um, on her arms she has that same kind of gold. Um, I don't even want to call it jewelry. It's like a tattoo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, embedded into her her uh, biceps, right? And her um, uh, triceps. Uh, man, it looks like exactly like Mel's. Um, <laughs> and I think that's, yeah, those are the two cards that I found that have those plates just like Mel. So that is my theory. I think, you know, I think the next season opens up with literally... Um, you know, basically a full episode, maybe even uh, uh, dedicated to Mel's backstory. I have a theory as to where she comes from and whatnot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Should I go into that or should I open it up to you? No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Just We're going in. Okay. We're going in, in. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and it would be cool. I've seen this done before, but basically what um, kingdoms will do uh, a lot of the times is they will trade their um, their offspring, right? So mm-hmm. one prince from a kingdom will go live with the other kingdom and then a prince or, or princess will go from that kingdom and live with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a way of, of preserving peace, um, you know, kind of also to, to make sure that um, their child is really cultured. Um, and that can range for, for years, right? Um, and it's just to strengthen those kingdoms. My theory is that Mel is one of these children, right, where she is the offspring of, of her mother, um, who's Noxian. And perhaps she was a um, uh, she lived with the Solaris um, while her mother was, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, in Noxus. Right. Right, right. right. Maybe a Solari daughter lived um, under her care during that time. Right. Mm hmm. Um, so that's my theory as to why it's all kind of discombobulated. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, I definitely, I, I know why you're trying to address that that backstory question that we have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I th- I personally think that it is just an area of probably like near Sharima, um, like the the outskirts of Sharina towards uh, Mount Targon where there is kind of a Solari faction there. And I think that Noxus was, at the time, as they always are, trying to ex- expand their empire there. I think that they had kind of taken over that area and, you know, maybe sent, maybe her and her mom even, like, came in and quietly usurped it, you know? But I- I'm I'm not sure. I-, I can't, I don't really have a good explanation for that backstory yet because I- I'm sure we're going to get the real deal more in the second season with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's probably something that we aren't even right about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the like, other, the other thought I had is mm-hmm. that her dad is Solari. I, something tells me she is going to be marrying Noxie and through and through, you know what I mean? She looks like keep the bloodline pure kind of scenario. Mm, I, I mean, I really like, I, I really do think that, but I, mean, I suppose, but here's, here's the one caveat to that. Noxian, Noxus is very much a, you know, they, as I said, they're all about expanding the empire. They conquer. And once they conquer, you're Noxian, right? So, and they consider you as pure Noxian whenever they do that. So it could be a place that they conquered and she married him once under Noxian rule. Yeah. And, you know, he's a Noxian, but he still kind of has the Solari belief. Yeah. So that it could be something like that. But yeah, I don't think that she's marrying anyone unless they are Noxian, honestly. Yeah. She's she's too much of the like Noxian blood and strong is strong. You know what I mean? Like she's too Noxian to ever deal with anyone else, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Mama Medarda kind of showed some vulnerability with uh, with Mel that at first I, I would have agreed with you. But now I think that she's. She is more susceptible to um, her emotions and, and feelings rather than it just being a straight arrow kind of thing. Fair um, enough. 
But anyways, I mean, th- th- those are my two theories as to why Mel is in the situation that she's in, you know? Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, either way, you know, with with Mel, so kind of going back a little bit more just to, to answer the question that I had. Yeah, with me, I definitely think that I think Mel's going to survive. I think that she definitely has some type of ability or item she's currently imbued with that will protect her. And the reason why I think that it might be her herself and not just an item or armor or whatever that she has, a trinket, is because she did like that little notice she had, right? Whenever she like turned to the side because she could tell something was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I mean, it could be that she just kind of heard it or whatever, but, I don't know, something there, I felt like it was a little, like, like supernatural perception. Yeah. yeah, premonition, something like that. So, I definitely think that she, I I think it's like she has some kind of magic ability, something like that, from the Solari, and um, that's going to help her. She's definitely, I feel like, going to protect Jace, save him, and I think that the Hex Corps is going to save Victor. Um, in some kind of way that I don't know yet. I would say that every other um, council member besides, because Heimer's already gone. We know Heimer also has plot armor. So they're not going <laughs> to kill off Heimer. So he's not there. That makes sense. Um, so I think all of the other council members are going to die with the only exception being potentially Caitlin's mom, only because Caitlin's mom and dad are a part of a pretty big plot line for Caitlyn in the lore later on, relating to another character that I'll be talking about in a little bit um, named Karina. So, yeah, that's kind of where I sit on that question. So basically, Mel, Victor, and Jace coming out for sure um, with a question mark on top of Caitlyn's mom and everyone else's murder. Yeah. All right. So now let's let's go to the next question, right? And that's going to be Rennie. You remember Rennie? Mm-hmm. Is she going to fill the spot of Silco? Because we saw the empty chair. Is it going to be Savika, or is it going to be Rennie, or is it going to be someone else? Um, I think it, I don't think it's going to be Savika. Because mm-hmm. I don't think she wants to even fight that battle. Um, mm-hmm. it just something about her just kind of tells me like she doesn't care to be the, the big boss. She wants to be the muscle. Um, mm-hmm. And I, she likes that, right? Um, right. So I, I don't think it's going to be Savika. I'm going to make that call right now. Uh, I could see it being Rennie, but I don't think Rennie's going to be able to hold that seat for very long. She just does not espouse the type of I don't know what's the word, like fortitude yeah. that she would need in order to hold that position. I think she would try to, and I think someone else would come in and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take this now," and she'd be like, uh, "Can I work for you?" Like you know, kind of situation. <laughs> Can I have a job? <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't think like I. I mean, you just you talked about Karina, right? Karina's right. just got s- such a a bigger presence than Rennie does in the lore already. Um, right. I think even if Rennie is in that chair, it's a purely symbolic and like people aren't going to really like very move, temporary move scenario kind of thing. I mean, even if it's, if it's not temporary, like that seat doesn't necessarily mean that 
if you sit there, you hold power, you know, right. like um, where I think someone like Karina could really come in and just be like, yeah, I'm going to stay in my greenhouse um, and wield power from here. Like, why would I go chill in Silco's office? You know what I mean? Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I think we are going to be moving on from the last drop and I just, you know, it, it feels like it's, it's, um, it's going to kind of digress back to like a, like a, just a, you know, local bar kind of thing. And we're going to see a lot more of Zahn, um, in the next season, but yeah. Okay. All right. So for me, I agree with you on Savika. I think that if they were trying to foreshadow Savika taking up the throne, she mm-hmm. would have sat in the big boy chair. Or or they wouldn't have made it a point to show an empty chair with her to the side. Right. Yeah. Because to me, and I know we talked about this in the last episode, but to me, that open chair signals a power vacuum. Yeah. There exactly. is someone there that needs to take power, whether it be in the fucking chair, that actual chair or not. Right. There is a power vacuum that's about to be open in uh, Zon. And everyone knows that that is, is trouble in Zon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that it's going to be her. Uh, with with Rennie, like, she does have a formidable force with those um, chem tanks, yeah. right? But really, if you're trying to make your big bad, right, or your next big bad, they have to, A, follow Silco, which is fucking hard to do, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, he's one of the most well-written villains that I've, I've encountered so far. Um, and he was truly menacing. So you would have to be at least as good as him, if not better, if you want to make a good, um, compelling season. And they've already made her look like a pussy like three times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do not see her. You don't You don't make your soon-to-be villain look like garbage unless there is a huge amount of time where they can grow and become a badass, right? Or you're just not going to have them be the badass. Which is I what just I, think is I, I see Savika um, taking over sooner than I see Rennie taking over. So absolutely, I yeah. think Savika could easily take over over. Same. I, I just Rennie. don't think yeah. she wants to. Like yeah, I think that's same. her mo. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that she is is uh, like always wants to be the right hand man or um, in this case woman. Um, but I do think that we are going to be getting into Karina. I think that Karina. I think we're going to have in a basically the power vacuum, which it's at least lore wise, it's never really filled again. It's just chem barons constantly battling each other. Right. It's kind of like the, you know, in like the mob, you know, back in the old days of the U.S. where you had different families, different parts of the U.S. kind of having a begrudging agreement for peace. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the Ken Barons do for economic sake. And you all, but they're always conniving bastards doing shit in the background, right? Yeah. Karina is, is one of them. Um, and she's what I would say is the most dangerous. Yeah, definitely the most dangerous one of them. So I think that. And we're over, gonna be talking to, over Ergot? Or are you just talking about like. Well, I don't know if. Er, like, Ergot's a weird one because. Urgot isn't really as much a I want to be in power kind of guy as much as a I want to fucking kill everything and what survives will be strong kind of guy. He's a weird combination of Noxus and uh, Zon, Zon, per, like philosophies. 
mm-hmm. right? Because like he, he like whenever he originally um, he's he's kind of an anarchist, isn't he? He he definitely is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's probably the best way to put it. Um, because yeah, he doesn't really he's never really thrived for for power. Like he's he's always really been about ever since he was enslaved in the mines and of Zahn, um, he's been pretty much exclusively about like the strong will survive and i'm not i'm not a leader of anyone but i'll fuck everyone up kind of thing yeah so yeah um he's like the worst kind of person you could ever yeah um yeah you don't want to run into ergot yeah yeah he does come a a de facto baron um so to speak later on though but yeah but either way for for him, I don't see that happening till maybe even season three because he's such a monstrous bad guy that like he's got to have it, at least one whole season dedicated to him. And I don't well, see that happening. Well, not either. even that, like a whole season dedicated to hyping him up, you know, where it's yeah, just like, oh, yeah, I would agree. And and that's the thing is, I do think uh, Ambessa's kind of sowed that seed. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. We don't know who this man is that um, uh, her son, you know, uh, crossed right mm-hmm. um but like that's the type of hype that we need in order for ergot to really um you know make an entrance right um, yeah so yeah yeah we need someone basically warning of what's to come kind of thing um and that's and speaking of that let's let's go on to a, a next like the next question i have which mm-hmm. is is more relating to the timeline of of Urgot and, and Noxus right now, considering Mama Darda just came in, we don't really know exactly where the timeline is because some things are moving around and it's related to the timeline as far as canon lore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because of the show. So we don't know exactly who's in charge over at Noxus. We don't know if it's Barum Darkwill or if it's Swain right now. It's, it's yeah. one of the two for sure, but we don't know which one. So this is either, and this is an important thing for all you guys listening out there because Noxus is um, basically, I would say he's like people always say uh, Demacia and Noxus are like even right on the totem pole. I don't really think so because no. Noxus fucking is just all about expansion and they have expanded. And and, and Demacia is too isolationist. And, exactly. And they're anti-expansion basically. Yeah. And in, in a way they kind of, it's uh what's the word it's like it it, it looks good on, on the outside but it's a rotten core on the inside kind of thing like Absolutely. they have a lot of problems that a that, lot of fucked up problems. Uh, honestly the what's kind of weird is that you can see how like noxus the fact that they are constantly expanding and they're constantly assimilating other cultures into their mm-hmm. own um and it's just a, a very it's one of those cultures that thrives in that situation Right. Like they are so much healthier of a of a nation. <laughs> they really are than than the majority of of um, um the the ones in in uh, Runeterra. I would say that, like I think no because Targon has its own conflict. Sharima's just a desert wasteland right now. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like I think Noxus is probably the most like unified um, place in Runeterra. Ioni has its own say, problems. Yeah, I well, I, I well, right now it might be okay, um, but soon it won't be, right? Yeah. Or, or or it's either okay now and about to not be, or it's not okay at all over there, depending on what Noxus is doing, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, like, 
it it is weird and I've always loved I think we both because we both have talked about this a lot because it's just so it's how should I say it's political poetry I'd say mm-hmm. that Demacia looks so clean and golden and heroic and all that kind of stuff right and it just looks like the place superficially it looks like the place where you'd want to be but it is it has a lot of fucked up things about it like you've seen a little bit of the anti-magicism i guess in piltover mm-hmm. well it's to a like a thousand billion percent extreme over at demacia demacia like, like think of literally think of like oh like soldiers will knock down your door and uh take your kid away because they show that they have magical abilities and like, throw them in the most horrific pit you could ever imagine yeah. in your entire fucking to life yeah exactly noxus on the other hand it looks dark and just this intimidating force that will just you know take you and crush your will and all this kind of stuff but it's actually the opposite they have taken places you know they they do conquer but they do it in a pretty clean way where they try to save the most amount of people possible. They will go to war and they will win if they have to. Mm-hmm. But they try to not make that happen. And whenever you do, they pretty much leave you up to like your own devices when, whenever we're through. It's just like you have allegiance to Noxus now and they will literally help out that society and help them to thrive as well because yeah. they're part of because they see them as part the, of Noxus. There, there's uh, potentially, you know, tons of different you know, lesser kingdoms. Right. Um, Cause right. when we're talking about these regions, like th- there's, there's a lot of uh, a lot more areas that are, you know, um, habitat inhabited by people. Um, they're yeah. just not big enough to really make a, a, a splash as far as like, you know, um, a, a focal point on the map. Right. Yeah. Um, and there, there's been kingdoms where they've taken over and people are like, Oh, thank God you saved us from a tyrannical king, yeah. you know, and, or, for, or from starving. Like, I mean, in yeah. Freljord that happened like a good bit where it's like, Holy shit, we have, we can live off of supplies. Oh my God. Yeah. They'll, they'll bring <laughs> us like, you know, grain, like, Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> um, and it's, it's honestly, it's, it reminds me a lot of, um, who was it? Genghis Kong who would mm-hmm. like, he didn't care who you worshiped or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He was just like, no, I just, uh, I, I own this area now. Um, you pay taxes to me. And he also, oddly enough, he got rid of taxes on blankets and, and textiles and stuff, um, which apparently was a big deal. Like, they're like necessities. Yeah. 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 Well, and apparently like previous rulers would tax blankets. And so like people couldn't afford blankets. So they would freeze to death and shit. And Genghis mm-hmm. Khan was like, well, I still need people to pay taxes, and if they're dead, they can't do that. So take away Sean the, the, Sean the archivist over here. You know, but it's it. I I I think it's. I'm not going to say I like it or dislike it. I just find it super fascinating mm-hmm. that they're taking a lot of these aspects from our own history and kind of incorporating it into um, you know their 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 lore, right? And Noxus yeah. is uh, you know reminds me a lot of that ever expanding empire, and there's a reason why they're able to expand the way they do, and it's because. Yeah. They're they're you know making it very appetizing to to be a part of them. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. But you know, back back to what we were originally saying um, over there. Basically, to try to nail, we're, we're trying to nail down a timeline of where we are exactly. Because one big thing that happens is Noxus tries to invade Ionia. It's a region that is kind of isolated into itself. I would say, mm-hmm. um, and. It has its very different culture. It's more, you know, Eastern culture, right? 
um, very spiritual and everything like that. Oh, actually, incredibly spiritual. Well, taken to like an, a level where there's actual like spirit magic and stuff. Yeah, in the, in the land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it's so a lot of that. And then Noxus uh, invades that area under Barum Darkwell under his decree. And at that time, because this pinpoints another character of ours, Singed is mm-hmm. working for Noxus. And he's the one that creates all of these terrible chemical weapons that Noxus uses um, whenever they invade Ionia. So with relation to Singed and where he is in his lore, I don't think he's worked for Noxus yet. I think no. that's coming. No. Yeah. So I would say that we are right now currently in the reign of Barum Darkwell. So that leads me to think about whenever Mel's mother, Mama Madarda, mm-hmm. uh, she said that there was someone that was basically trying to take them out, right? And uh, they lost their brother to it. I think that it's either Swain or it is Urgot. Because Swain right now is someone that's basically trying to get power or he's colluding to try to you know, usurp uh, Barum Darkwell. Mm-hmm. And then the other option is Urgot, who was the executioner for Barum Darkwell. And he was one mean motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So I could easily see him being on the end of, of that, and which would kick off a few more things that needs to happen um, before we get into Swain's rule and could definitely lead... Um, Urgot over here to be a baddie at some point. Well, so, is it doesn't Swain cast Urgot out because Urgot was not, loyal? Not to, really. He oh, okay. what he does is he sends. Uh, I don't remember if it was Barum himself or if it was Swain at the time because Swain was you know part of the upper ruling of Noxus under Barum Darkwell, but um, before he was disgraced. But someone sent. Urgot out. One of those two sent Urgot out um, to try to handle a conflict with an assassination plot over in Zaun. And it was a trap. Mm. And that's whenever he was captured by the Chem Barons over there and um, put into uh, the prison in the mines by Baron or Baroness Voss, which I believe is the fourth Ken Baron that we saw at the meeting. The um the the other woman that was there. The woman that was not given I don't think that she was given a name. Um I, don't think, I think I don't, it I think it did have her her name. Um Well, I I don't think I don't think that we ever learned about his because I know that they named a few on the extended content right through mm-hmm. League of Legends, which you had told me about. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, I don't know if I mean, is that like just think about it real quick right now? Do you do you remember the name of the girl? No, so they, that's the one that isn't actually confirmed. The other ones are all confirmed. Okay, um, so you have Rennie, right? We know who Rennie is. Right. Smeech is the Yordle looking guy that um, he actually has like appendages attached to him to, to make, make him look, look bigger. bigger. Yeah, and then Finn, who of course got. Um, uh, sliced and diced uh, unalived. <laughs> and then um we know who the guy on the far right is the frankenstein looking guy his name is cross right, right. so yeah so but we don't know who the 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 woman is that's sitting but uh next to him so yeah i'm thinking that that that's either going to be uh baroness voss 
who is the one that ends up torturing Urgot um, whenever, you know, he's sent over there and he's kept under the prison mines. And basically he ends up <laughs> just to give you guys some context on how much of a fucking crazy psychopath badass Urgot is. Yeah. He ends up while being tortured, he basically ends up liking being tortured and fucked up so much that he scares Voss away whenever she's about to kill him <laughs> and then he takes over the prison within like a matter of hours uh, and then everyone is so scared to go down there to try to take him out that they just leave him there and he basically ends up taking control of that whole area yeah um he's such a crazy fucking psycho dude um but it's either that it's either voss or and this is a a long shot because i don't think that um karina is there yet but i think it could also be karina there's a chance it could be karina so but she looks a little old to be karina you're talking about the the chem baron there the yeah the chem baron one because she's Karina's a Ken Baron. Yeah, but that's definitely not Karina. I can tell you that right now. So how do you how do you know that? Because I'm genuinely curious. Because Karina's on Legends of Runeterra cards, and she's got a more um, like darker skin tone and brown Does hair. Does she? Yeah. So I thought she had black hair. I could have sworn she had black hair. Oh, I mean, black brown. It, it, they kind of changed her look a little bit in the mm-hmm. most updated Karina card. Um, but well, I, either way, I think, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't think this is the likely because I do think it's Voss, but I do think there is a chance that it could be just kind of a slightly different looking um, Karina because I, I am very sure that she's going to be in the next season. Basically, that's the only reason why I'm saying that it might be her because it's I, a female. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to interrupt and say no that the that woman that's next to. Uh-huh. What's his face is not just Karina. based based on looks. You're saying just based based on looks. All right, like, all right. we'll see. Like we'll see. The, I'm I, even I can't the piercings on her her body don't mm-hmm. line up. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Karina is like almost like Hispanic looking. Like so, right? Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna say I'm still gonna say could be. Like you don't I know said, what I don't you're talking about. So, I don't think it's the most possible scenario, but it could be just because I know that they are, or I shouldn't say no, but I, I am very positive that they are going to re- introduce her on the next um, I am too. I, I think Karina, because yeah. Karina is kind of like, what's the word? She's kind of like the Riddler to to Caitlyn, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. You, you'd say, you know, Karina to Caitlyn, or as the Riddler is to Batman. And Caitlyn is, is definitely like, we saw a little bit of her detective chops, um, but I, I hope we really get to see uh, her really shine in this next season. And and from the the um, what should I call it the teaser that came in, mm-hmm. um, right. I I do think we're going to see a lot more of Caitlyn, which I'm really excited for. Yeah, same because she's a badass. So I I am looking forward to getting to see more of that. And and with Vi because this is another one of the big stories where Vi teams up with with Caitlyn hardcore. So yeah. Um, in a professional capacity as well as other capacities. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, so that, that happened. So I, I think that she is coming. Um, I think we can kind of move on to the, the next question. Now we've addressed actually a couple in that one just organically. So that's cool. Um, let's talk about Jason Victor, as far as how, how do you think it's going to go next season? Where do you think, are we going to see a glorious evolution next season? 
yes, I, I do think we're going to see uh, the glorious evolution. Here's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hate theorizing sometimes because it's like it's almost too good um, if they go this route. But I actually, I kind of see, you know, Victor is kept alive by the Hex Corps, mm-hmm. but he's he's pretty mangled. And I think that, after the explosion, after saying, the explosion, yeah. and that could push Jace to use the hex core on Victor. Mm. Um, so that's that's a good one. That's I mean, that's a pretty good theory because it also would it would line really, up with, with the his his previous decisions, Jace's previous decisions, right? Right, because so far we've seen now Jace or Victor rather being like destroy it. I don't yeah. want it, right? And that's not what we really know from the Victor from the lore, but we know where he ends up. We know point A happens. We know point B happens. Now we're confused on how it gets there. Yeah. So <laughs> so taking the puzzle pieces that we have, yeah, you're right. I mean, I could definitely see something like that happening, which would be very interesting because it also applies a lot of guilt to Jace later on, which is just a cool thing to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. The suffering of others is such a cool thing to no, have. I know. <laughs> I love to see it displayed so I can uh, take it in exactly. cathartically. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, that's that is um a very good point. I think that I think that we are going to go as far as seeing full full metal suit Victor in evolution, you know, um what, oh my glorious god, I literally evolution. just said Glorious Glori- yes, thank glorious is the word I couldn't think of. Glorious yeah. evolution form, um, which introduces a couple of other cool things that we could deal well, with. Which, and real quick, just to ahead. point it out, so like uh, I've read a couple of Victor stories after his metal form, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, he's still very lucid. Like he's not like gone off the deep end. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious how they kind of, you know, because it, it made it seem like the the hex core was in a way like you know, controlling him. Taking away his humanity and stuff yeah, like yeah. Yeah. And I mean, literally like controlling him whenever it zapped him in, in the, in the head. Um, mm-hmm. and it, you know, shot out his, his leg. Right. So I'm just, I'm really, I, I don't have an answer for this, but I'm, I'm really curious how this kind of plays out. Um, and if, if, you know, Hector gives or Hector, if Victor gives into it or if it, becomes like a mutual type of like uh you know n- not a parasitic relationship but w- w- what's it called when <laughs> mutualistic mutualistic i don't think that's exactly what it's called but yeah it- it's that type of relationship where it's um it- it's like those fish that that eat the stuff off of sharks right like i'm curious mm-hmm. if that's the kind of relationship uh like that kind of Plays that's a mutualistic relationship bro it's not called mutualistic it's called something i think else, i like, think that's literally the the term for it yeah oh my god but anyway our, oh, this is the dumbest <laughs> thing we've ever argued over in my life by the way um but anyways uh so yeah i i do i wonder that too and i think we've actually kind of you know think tanked this before and i think we kind of came up with we we think that the Hexcore has this kind of because it was involved with Shimmer, right? I think we think that Shimmer's derived from Void potentially, and so we think that the Void is kind of corrupting the Hexcore. And I think that, in at least my thoughts are, Victor's going to realize that connection, shut down this Hexcore, or at least rid the Hexcore of the Void influence, and 
that kind of gets rid of the controlly part. And I think that we're going to be left with this kind of machinist, you know, machinist loving Victor um, who embraces basically like machine augmentation because like we know how he ends up. Right. And he's always he, he does definitely end up having a huge affinity for you know, machines and making humanity more efficient and everything like that, because he's actually, even in the end, um, which I guess you, you probably read recently too. He's, he's still about helping overall. Like he really wants to help Zahn, even in his full machine form. Yeah. Yeah. He replaces limbs of like children that are hurt with machines to help them out. He doesn't really ask for anything in return, but he definitely is one of those people where he believes that like, the, the melding of machine and man is the next frontier, right? Yeah. Um, so I definitely, I think we're going to get like a little bit toned down version. Like the, the final, you know, um, realization of, of Victor is going to be a more toned down version than what we have in the lore, but definitely similar. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah, either way, like I do think that I'm, he's going to be there at the end of the next season. Well, that's the thing is I, I'm not even, I'm not even like after Jinx's storyline, mm-hmm. like I'm not even saying that thinking that Victor could be toned down. Like they, they've shown that they can really take it to the extreme with Jinx. So I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not toned down and if it's actually like taken up a notch in some weird way. So I, I, you know, that's my, I guess my, my thing on that would be like, I could see them. I don't think they're afraid to do that if they want to. I mean, if it's a natural <clears throat> organic progression to that point, then I think they'll see it all the way through. You know, Well, that's the thing. I, I think that if there was, I think that they would do that. But so far right now, I just don't see Victor or Jace, for that matter, quite in the form that they wrote in the lore. Mm. I see them more as people who are a little bit more towards the middle than what they have it in their in the lore. Because Jace is not like they have a few nods at him being, you know, a little egotistical. Mm-hmm. But so far of what we've seen, he is not the same person. Like there's a lot that's different. And he's much more toned down than the asshole that they had him be um, in the lore even at the younger stages. Mm-hmm. And so Victor right now, I just, he seems much more, once again, level-headed than, and we've seen little things here and there that are like, yeah, like he's, you know, he's okay with, you know, the risks of certain things and stuff like that. But he has a real big love for humanity. And so if they can do something, if something happens in the lore where it's, or in the show where it's justified that he has this big switch and really pushes him more towards the extreme fine but if that doesn't happen and it's more of a natural progression i don't see him ending up as as you know as much of an extremist as they made him out to be all speculation of course anything could happen but i'm sure they'll do it right no matter what they yeah, do yeah as long as they do but, it right I, but yeah I, no one's gonna mind you know yeah yeah, so. yeah. um but all right but uh, bottom line you are expecting to see glorious evolution victor at the end yeah yeah okay I, I think we'll see it season two so all right and you do you think that we're going to see a total break in the relationship of jason victor um yeah yeah i it was already leaning towards that yeah um, i think so, you yeah. can't have one without the other basically in the scenario yeah well and just talk it man i i kind of regret saying like if you know jace uses the hex core to save victor because then that would you know 
th- that would put Victor at odds with him kind of thing, like mm-hmm. at the same time. So yeah, it would just, it would create a lot of conflict that yeah. I would, I would slurp up and enjoy <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then that brings in a pretty, like another cool little thing, because one of the byproducts of Victor becoming who he is is that a whole religion starts to form around the glorious evolution. And it's not even so much manned by... It's created, um, I would say, indirectly by Victor, but he's not at the helm of it at all. No. Do we think that we're going to see this new religion... Um, oh, I, I think the, the I think Zahn is, is ripe for charlatans, man. Like... I People agree. just <laughs> seizing the the. Well, they were worshiping a turtle. Not I know. Ago, that's right? why I'm just like, like I have zero doubt in my mind that the moment <laughs> a, a major religion pops up, you're going to see people stumping with their their Bibles on the corner, the street corners and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, I definitely. And that's the other thing too is we didn't really get into a whole lot of religion, and mm. uh, religion does make play a, a huge part in in other parts of oh, Terra. Yeah. i'm not as familiar with zon religions um and, mm-hmm. and piltovers i don't even think i think piltover is pretty secular um yeah uh, but yeah, uh are. but yeah you start getting into ionia you start getting into targon especially like yeah, the other mm-hmm. religions there are, are fierce so um but uh but yeah yeah well and then of course sharima they worship a little sun disc so um yeah. but yeah. i mean a sun no. disc that has made fucking gods but yeah. well yeah i worship it too you know <laughs> I, I'd say I'd worship it. The I, I didn't say it like it was a bad thing did i know <laughs> yes um, fucking sir that's yes. my god <laughs> <laughs> your god sucks mine's good so, no. <laughs> yeah. um but anyways uh you see how deep this lore goes people <laughs> people are like fucking what a like disc what are these being worshipped that people makes a talking god? about like <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, like uh, when we start really getting into like the world, you guys are going to be just amazed that they've managed to put all this into one planet. Like it just and it, it it's, it's very so cohesive. diverse. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. It is. And and it's I think it's one of those things where they kind of they they were stuck in a corner like a writer's corner. And mm-hmm. by some miraculous like miracle that someone came in and was able to write them and make everything make sense. And yeah, whoever's in charge of that, um, you get a round of applause because I yeah. yeah, yeah. But in the beginning and, it was all just incoherent gunk. Like that was just kind of like, they're like, Oh, this is cool. Like I remember Wukong was probably the, the most guilty one where they were like, mm-hmm. let's just put Sun Wukong in the game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and we'll call For him real. Wukong. Like um that that was kind of like in the beginning stages, right? Um Yeah, he so, was a very early character. Yeah. So yeah, so seeing how they, they were kind of forced He was to, your first main child. Yeah, my first that? first main was Wukong. Yeah. I just I mean I, I love uh monkey men. So um <laughs> but uh but yeah, it was uh yeah, so that kind of just gives you an idea of of, of where they came from. So um I'm 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 really yeah. impressed with how they've been able to to make everything kind of uh, talk to each other somehow. So same. Yeah. It's just, it's so diverse and it's blended beautifully, I'd say. And um, I was having this conversation with, with someone the other day. I don't remember who now, but um, I don't think it was you, but it might've been. Um, but basically we were talking about, cause you know, it's confirmed that they are working on live action movies of league of legends. Right. And so we were talking about yeah. like, how, how could they really do that? And, you know, there's been such terrible adaptations from video games um, for so many things, especially live action. And um, 
I was thinking like, you know, it's with Runeterra being what it is and being so diverse, there really is a whole bunch of places that are very high fantasy. And then there's some that aren't like I could easily see a live action Bilgewater scenario. You know what I mean? Like it would basically kind of be like a Pirates of the Caribbean because there's there's some magic. Don't get me wrong, but it's not crazy and it's not super apparent over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. I, I could I'm definitely just, I, see. I, I'm I'm just not excited about. Live I know action which I know all, your so. your thing about live action blah blah. blah which which I I I I love live action films, but I just I'm one of those people <laughs> that like if if you are like. Like literally every single character in Arcane was perfect to a T. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they looked like the characters in game. They spoke like the characters in game. If you go look at some mm-hmm. of those voice actors, right? You look at like mm-hmm. Vander's voice actor. He doesn't look like Vander at all, right? No. Like it, it's one of the, and that's fine. I, I don't need him to look like Vander. I need him to sound like Vander, right? Right. And whenever you have like those, I want to say it's like, like you have like the design from the artists, right? You've mm-hmm. got the um the voice from the actual uh, voice actors but then you also have like this ability to um to convey action in certain times where it's it's more advantageous to be a little bit cartoony than it is to to be grounded like for instance right when vi is sliding down that that eye pole and she leaps and punches one of the turbo chem tanks there there's moments in that frame where they stretch her body out because it looks cooler mm-hmm. on um in the moment right so you can go mm-hmm. and, and pause it free, you know frame by frame and you'll see like oh like her arm looks longer like and stuff like that and that's right. fine because they're able to to deliver on the those moments a little bit um, with more fidelity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where with live action, you're just you're so constrained by 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 the weather, you know, of all things. Right. Oh, this actor decided that they were going to be pretentious, and and it, it's not worth coming out of their trailer until you know this thing is done, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like so. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me because we have had <laughs> I, have I hate had live action entire no. <laughs> spiel from you before yeah. on the pod and out of the pod. So oh, let me God. let me go ahead and say I do know that you. Don't think that that some mediums are necessary, especially coming from some sources, right? Um, but I think in I think in this case, I think we were all surprised when they did a great job, as good of a job as they did, right? Converting this game narrative into a show, I think everyone was blown away by that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I would not be surprised if they took you know a live action scenario, new the limitations of it and worked within that realm and created something fantastic from it. I, I personally love experimentation whenever it comes to IPs. So I'm all for them trying a live action. Um, but I, I of course will judge it fairly. Like I will say, I think that this was better as an animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that might be the case, but I think that there is potential to have a very, very well-rounded and believable, um, live action movie that comes out of this. And I think that if they put it in the right place, because I think the biggest concern, at least for me, is that I see a lot of times whenever they, especially whenever they try to do more anime-like shows and and do live action adaptations, it looks so fake because it requires such a big budget to create things that are believable, that are, as you said earlier, 
almost impossible to fabricate in a live action scenario that they do so easily in animation. So if they tone those down and, and really pick the right area, I think they can avoid a lot of that. So I let's see what happens with it. Mm-hmm. I uh, One thing I know from Riot is that they do good work. So I don't think that they're going to do anything that they feel like they can't do. So let's see what happens. Because you might be saying afterwards, I can't believe they did live action. It was so amazing. They did. They worked with it so well. And they picked all the right moments. I could totally see you doing that. Uh, yeah, I, I think. And I also <laughs> I read that article. And uh-huh. I think that was that was something where the uh, the 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 main um, I forget her name, but she's in charge of you know the the media ventures of of Riot right now. Mm-hmm. You could yeah. tell she was she was she's riding the Kevin a, Feige. She's the Kevin Feige. She's riding a high, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just I want to kind of temper that high a little bit and just be like, hey, <laughs> like don't. Don't fix what isn't fucking broken, okay? Like, I'm all for experimentation and stuff like that, but like, this is a world that you've you've already entrenched us in with this animation. I just think it's gonna be almost like like bizarre if they were to like go and and do a live action thing with with Jinx and and Vi or something like that, right? Like, well, it would just you- it'd be you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do anything but compare it to the animation. And uh, even if it was great, it would still, you know, um, it would have to to bode against the animation. Right. So I, I don't know. I just I think this is something like if they're going to do live action, take take mm-hmm. their time. Right. Any writers mm-hmm. that are listening, take your time. OK. And if it turns out that it's just not a feasible thing, then kill it and let it die. OK. <laughs> so and then you just uh, you keep nurturing that that cute little animation studio and you make sure it's taken care of so cool <laughs> all right well now that we know where each other stand on that we can, i think we can safely move on to the next question yeah. right? <laughs> okay so uh let's talk a little bit about warwick here because that is someone that we're all super excited about we finally got the confirmation that he is coming mm-hmm. um from the scene in the very last episode with singed right so first of all tell me how pumped you are that Warwick is going to be assumably in the next season. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Like seeing uh, Warwick on screen. Uh, I was even sh- knowing that he was Vander and seeing him in this new form. Oh, I, it, even more excited. So, okay. yeah, right. I mean, it, it's it was it's the same type of excitement of whenever I saw Echo on screen the first time. I was just like, holy <laughs> shit, it's happening, you know? um there's there's one big staggering difference there but oh well yeah yeah yeah. but i mean these are two of my favorite characters in game right 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 i Um, still remember you remember the cinematic trailer they launched during as for for warwick oh yeah i watched it over and over again i was just like yeah i must have watched i think 50 times yeah it was so good Uh, i mean when they did the same thing with the echo cinematic you know you know i was just like oh my god this is so cool um but yeah i mean it, it I think we're definitely going to see Warwick. I think it's going to be tragic as fuck. Like, just mm-hmm. and this is this is spoilers, right? Um, because we all know of this. this is spoilers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, all 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 of this and episode is spoilers. If you're listening to this, not wanting spoilers. Yeah, I gave I gave that at the mistake. top of the show. It is. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to hear about Warwick, fucking turn away now. But you shouldn't have been here in the first yeah. place. I think Warwick. <laughs> the devastating thing about Warwick is his memories are are fragmented. Right. Right. Severely like, so, fragmented, yeah. So he's going to to see Vi, and it, something's mm-hmm. going to trigger in his head, but he's not going to be able to process it. 
And that's what's going to be devastating. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, man, I'm getting chills already thinking about like <laughs> the interactions, but all the yeah. trauma, <laughs> it's just so, so much trauma. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Vander turning into an animal and being a husk of a man um, trapped inside of it, like is going to be, I mean, that, that's, that, that's an area that we, we really haven't touched on yet in, mm-hmm. in, um, the the arcane right at all mm-hmm. um so i think it's going to be a really powerful um you know uh situation so yeah i mean i do like one of the things that about warwick is that he's, he's kind of an anti-hero he uh he becomes, uh, he's, uh, he's the punisher of league of legends is the way you yeah would look yeah at. that's yeah that's very that's a very good yeah. way to put it um and so yeah he kind of he fills that role in a very like interesting way especially now knowing what we know because he was the protector of Zahn before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're seeing him as basically what's going to be the protector of Zahn, but in a very different form. And and him, you know, not even really knowing why he's doing it. So, yeah, it's kind of this very interesting... All I have in my mind is is this moment where Vi and, and or Jinx... Um, are in a critical moment where they're about to be killed and in Zon and I see Warwick fucking hopping in and then fucking destroying. <laughs> I mean, I have pity on whoever the fuck is. Yeah. Whoever gets in the way of Warwick. He gets his hands dead. on. Like. But yeah, going for him and then him seeing Jinx or Vi for the first time and that fucking breakdown that's going to ensue. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I fucking, I can't stand it. And I'm sure there's going to be something that the girls see that will hint at him being Vander from before. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think they're going to be like, you know, super confused and not know who it is immediately, but everything will be coming into question. And I, I'm really interested to see how far they take it. Are they eventually going to let, you know, him kind of get like a little bit more of his memory back, you know, and then he kind of becomes this, like you know little protector with uh with jinx and vi or or jinx or vi whatever i don't know i don't know how far they're going to take it but all i know is that it's going to be fucking amazing to see on yeah screen. yeah so oh, man so and, well, and we and do know go ahead i just wanted to point out during that same scene mm-hmm. singed is you know we talked about this on the pod the previous pod i was just about to say this. yeah, yeah singed <laughs> is looking at at the um picture of of his daughter and it she has the exact same hairstyle as Oriana, like to a T. So you're, ch- you're changing on that. Or I'm you're changing. changing on that? I'm changing on it. I ah. I think it his daughter is Oriana. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, and it, it was one of those where like I couldn't believe it. Whenever I saw the two pictures side by side, I was like, mm-hmm. "Holy shit!" Like that is Oriana. So all right. Well, yeah. Well, I'll say this. Um, just going back real quick to the, I mean, this is tied in with Singe, but with the Warwick thing, um, just another thing that I thought was cool was that they did keep, the reason why Singe actually has his face kind of bandaged up is actually because of, in the lore, Warwick scratched the shit out of him, basically, and attacked him while he was being experimented on, and that's why he has the um, the bandages on. And we actually see him replacing bandages at one part in the in the episode you know like way after the accident that happened 
Um, and it looks like he's putting on fresh bandages. And I'm pretty sure that was because of Warwick, not because of what happened so long ago. Yeah. So um, I liked how they kind of recanonized that because um, that kind of gave confirmation at the very end whenever we saw that scene. As for Oriana, though. I am still very much on the fence of this. I agree with you. The hairstyle for Oriana is the same. And the other th- thing is, is that we do not know Singed's real name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we do know the name of, of Oriana's father. And we do know that he's from Piltover, as we know that Singed is from Piltover. Mm-hmm. I see why these threads are aligning. I'm yeah. not ignorant to that. But I do not think that he is the one that created Oriana just because it is Oriana's machinery is so is very unlike anything else that we've seen before. And it doesn't run on Chemtech or anything like that, which is the exclusively what he's done basically so yeah. far. So I oh, don't know if I buy see, it. It might be a red is, herring. I don't, I don't know how they would go about it, mm-hmm. but I mean, Raya isn't, I just I I want to say I don't want to be cynical because uh, they they delivered on so much. You think they'll justify? But I think they'll justify it. I think they'll they'll be able to go like, oh yeah, you know, this is Oriana. This this is what happened. You know, she was taken away from Singed or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, because he was a a madman and or or something, right? Like, I'm not I'm not exactly sure how it's going to play out, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm fairly confident that his daughter is oriana um how oriana comes to being i have no idea Bef- but before yeah. it was the fact that she you know was very sick from the gray if i remember correctly and um, i don't remember if it was anything else in particular but she was very sick and she was dying slowly and, and he ended up replacing her like piece by piece um, it wasn't he a toy maker in the in the lore like i think i think in the lore yeah they did they did give that attribute to the father mm-hmm. um but yeah i haven't read her lore in a very long time but that's kind of and what it, i remember it, her lore that. is really old too so it, it, yeah exactly they haven't do they haven't like recanonized her so we don't know if that's gonna true carry, yet or not because yeah. some of the characters they didn't really change the lore on from the old because it still fit in well enough to the new yeah um but yeah we have we don't know we have we don't have confirmation on where she lands yet so yeah that's that is something mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I am still saying no. You're saying yes, correct? Yep, map I've changed. All right, we'll so. we'll see if we're right, if or who's right. Okay. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about another like machinist um, child in this world. Okay. Let's talk about. We know how much Victor and Jace love to crank it because they said it several times. Oh yes, they love the to episodes. crank it. Yep. They crank it hard, and uh, I think one of the one of the children of Victor basically is blitzcrank he's one of the creations that that victor has and um, his, his job like is to go mach- clean up golem yeah me- mechanical golem and his job mm-hmm. is to go clean up uh the undercity right exactly um, yeah Bene- benevolent a benevolent golem oh yeah of, i mean very Victor's. friendly yeah. like yeah yeah i so. mean he's the coolest he so really, anyone really from is. the games you guys know about him he he was uh, one of the original characters in there um we all know and love them one of those one of those characters that you're like how are they gonna mesh this into the world and they just figure it out how like they they do it it's so good (laughs) they say watch me bitch and yeah yes yes daddy right whatever you say so (laughs) um 
But yeah, so Blitzcrank, um, you know, he is going to be made by Victor at some point. We don't know when he's going to come, but that was definitely like a little, a little wink, head wink. nod. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a Blitzcrank. He's a really fun character, um, and I can't wait to see him. Do you think that he's going to be in season two? Uh, I think if it, if it is, he isn't turned on yet. I think it's something he'll, he'll you be like... You think we a, get a kind of Warwick tease yeah, yeah. at the very I think end. That's, okay. that's an Easter eggy tease type of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I kind of see the same. I, I think we're going to see like a, a piece or two around his desk at some point, right? And you kind of mm-hmm. have to look and be like, oh my God, Blitzcrank. Um, so yeah, I am I am pumped to see that. I, I do, I wouldn't mind if he came in. I just don't think it's prime well, it, time for him it, to come And in. that's the thing is they've, they've shown that they can juggle a lot of lead characters at once. Right. Um, but it's like they didn't kill off any of those you know, lead characters. So they're still having to juggle them, you know, unless they yeah. kind of, I think that because we saw Jinx's, you know, full character arc, I think mm-hmm. we are going to pull away from Jinx a little bit, but at the same, same time, she's such a dynamic and, 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 you know, hype and popular character that they may want to keep her in focus because she's just that, you know, exciting to, to see on screen. So I, I don't know. Um, I agree I, with you. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of pull away from her a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, Jinx's arc is done. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that's the one thing like that, everyone else, they still have more to him. Like even Vi has more with Caitlin. Right. Yeah. But Jinx's arc is pretty much. Complete. I mean, like, we, we saw her complete character arc. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that they, we are going to be pulling back a bit on Jinx, but she is such a magnanimous character. Mm-hmm. And obviously people fucking love her from the show. So I don't think that they can completely get away from her, which might have originally been maybe on their mind to do. But yeah, so she's definitely going to have to be popping in in, the, in season two, like a, a and fair she, amount. She is in the, the teaser. So we, we, we get Jinx's yeah, voice, she, we get Caitlyn's and we get Vi's voice, right? Yeah. I, the, I mean, she's going to be in it. Like, I know. It's just how much. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like we'll have to see on that. But I definitely think they're going to be focusing a little more on some other characters and bringing in some new ones and less on some old. I I, um, I will be excited if we see Karina. I think that's a and, and Karina's Karina, not. A, I feel like she needs to come in. Yeah, she's yeah. not a League of Legends character yet. Mm. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, I think. But, I think yeah. another. I think another character that I would really want to see come in is Camille. Yes, completely agree. Yep. I think they've teased her already with the Pharaohs. Yep. Right with with. Uh, clan pharaohs um or i think there were house pharaohs at the time going to they're, be they're clan probably pharaohs. clan now yeah yeah so they're claning up um <laughs> but yeah so like what you need to know about clan pharaohs is that first of all this is where the timeline gets wonky with with the lore originally because originally clan pharaohs was the ones that mined the brackern um, I kind of mentioned this before in one of the previous ones, uh, so I'm not going to go too in-depth with it, but they were basically the ones that mined the Brackern to get the crystals, and they became incredibly wealthy off of it. Mm-hmm. And they're also known <laughs> to be uh, very much a cutthroat clan. They yeah. will they will murder, they will intimidate, they will blackmail. They, they they'll will do what they they'll light the village on fire. They do not yes. yeah, care. Um, so. so they're a ruthless bunch, and... I'm not um, a fan of Clan Pharaohs, guys. Okay, so <laughs> I, I thought I saw a Clan Pharaohs poster above. Your no, head. no, no, yeah, that was a different poster. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But no, so they are they're a ruthless bunch. And we saw them teased because Mel had mentioned or I'm sorry, uh, Mel's assistant had mentioned that Clan Pharos, uh, you know, wanted to talk to her about something and mentioned that to remind her that she is the reason or that they're the reason why Mel is the richest of the the richest uh, person in Piltover is what in she Piltover. said. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Richest person in Piltover, but the poorest of the Medardas. She is, said yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was an interesting one. Um, but yeah, so, but so they're the ones that do that and they actually create a synthetic version instead of the real version as well, because it's much more, it's more easy to sustain. It kind of creates the, it's it's equivalent to basically the synthetic one in the lore is equivalent to the gemstone that we got in the show. Yeah. And um, those are actually created in the lore in Zon and contribute a large amount to the Zon gray, like the poisonous air that's there. So they have a they're a big contributor to that. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot there, but they also have like Camille's fairly large in the kidnapping story with Karina and Caitlin and Vi, um, as far as, uh, you know, Caitlin's parents. So she would definitely be involved there. Um, I would like to see that come into fruition. They've already teased her. She's a she's a beloved character. She is a villain, but she's kind of a beloved character. Um, yeah, I think that it's prime time that we got to see a little Pharaoh's action. I just don't know how they're going to work it with the timeline because... Yeah. She's, oh, I think the she's... timeline is totally up in the air at this point. I think. Yeah. I think uh, Riot understands like you can't have the Rune Wars take place thousands of years ago. Like it's just not gonna, you know, resonate and stuff like that. So, uh, and, and a lot of stuff, it's it's like you don't need Jax to be a thousand years old. Like you know, you can make him one hundred and fifty, and and it'll still be good. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so, I think they they just need to. That's the thing that they need to address. They need to just kind of readdress the situation with crystals. How are they made? Who mined them? Whatever you know, just that backstory there. Mm-hmm. How that still applies to Clan Pharos, and then the time, the general timeline of when was the Rune War? It's some of the big events that happened, right? So Rune yeah. Wars. You know, we still don't know what's going to happen. Like, when do we get the official? like ending of Piltover and Zaun or like the splitting of Piltover, literal splitting of Piltover and Zaun. Cause they yeah. still have to try to basically, you know, nuke that one area to try to create a shipment port. And then everything goes awry because there's too much that are used and it ends up basically taking down half of half of Zaun. So well, no, 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 that, that was created during the creation of, of, um, no, that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. They what what ends up creating the total separation of the two and and formally splitting them from Piltover and creating the nation of Zana creation of Piltover is whenever they try to create the port and they blow it up with dynamite. They use too much and it literally ends up caving in half of the Undercity. There's a huge revolt and then Piltover or Zahn and Piltover split. Hmm. So that yeah, that's I, going I, to happen. I think it's going to happen. You, you really think that's going to happen? I think that that is going to happen. Yeah, I think that that's that's been a very pivotal moment for all of you know the the lore before, and I think that there has to be something big like that that's going to happen in the story because they they didn't let the the separation happen on this season. Right? I, I, they were I, going all, to. But all I'm saying is, I think. I, I don't think you need to do that because they've already established like airships are kind of like the main mode of travel. So I, I just don't see them like 
Mm, that is a good point. Actually. I don't see them kind of doing the whole port and fissure thing. I wouldn't be surprised if if Zonites blew up the bridges and they were like, mm, we're just going to blow up the bridges. And That's how we separate. Yeah. 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 You know, um, but at the same time, too, like I just I don't see a fully physical separation taking place between them because I think they're both still going to want each other's resources. So that's going to be know. super weird because it's going to require a lot of re- rewrite because a lot of the stuff, because I don't, I don't know if you remember, but they even released several pictures of it. But Zahn in once it's separated, Zahn is literally underneath. A lot of Zahn is literally underneath Piltover from whenever they cracked the fissure and it separated. So like mm-hmm. there's even like a like one of the mo- most famous pictures of it is like this really long horizontal I'm sorry not horizontal but vertical picture where you keep scrolling down and you're seeing Piltover on top and a lot of this Zon underneath. So they're going to have to rework that entire area I guess. But because you're right in the form of that which is the strongest argument I've ever heard arguing against this by the way. Mm-hmm. They don't really need ships anymore. That yeah. was the whole purpose yeah. of them splitting it. So it, you're right. They might they might just kind of continue on and not do that part because it is a pretty devastating thing that's going to happen or or would happen. But they, at the time, if they if they do that, um, then they're going to have to kind of rework how this whole territory is because in their minds so far and all the lore stuff, it is literally most of it is underneath Pelto. Well, that's the other thing too is like um, whenever they entered, they, like I first started to kind mm-hmm. of you know. Uh, retcon things in my mind was whenever they introduced the bridges mm-hmm. because there there's not a bridge or a river running between the two in in the lore as far as I remember and so whenever they they established that I was like oh okay it's really not well there there might have been before which was which oh, well, was yeah. true with this because later on it is uh, it's elevators it's these elevators yeah that you take. E- exactly so that's why I'm kind of like I don't know if if that's actually what's going to what's going to transpire so i mean I, I they, they might uh. still try to do it but then just instead of making it for the reasons of shipping like you know having it might be like a you know hail mary like ken barons want to separate from piltover officially let's fucking nuke it yeah scenario yeah like I, I don't but know. yeah don't either way but that's a good we just brought up a big big point there that needs to be addressed though because you're right the main reason why they did that is now no longer a thing yeah. in our game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens there. Um, okay, so next let's go. Let's talk about. Uh, keep in mind too. Oh. I, I was just thinking there is Noxus on Noxus is on the board now. So who's to say that yeah. they just don't blow up the the fishery? You know, um, I don't see I don't see Noxus. I don't see Noxus fucking touching Piltover and Zon, dude. You don't think so? You think they're mm-hmm. going to try to... Every... Yep. Every, no, no. Every every country does not want to fuck with Piltover and Zon because they're trade, trading hub. That's like the one place that you just don't fuck with. But that's kind of what Noxus would... Why they would want it. So... I think that they would worry about everywhere else going after them directly if they did that. Not to mention Piltover being kind of a force on its own as well. Yeah, especially with the Hex Crystals now. So. Yeah, like so I would say I would say that is not happening and if we do see something like that, it's something yet unwritten, 
You know mm, what I mean? Okay. And just notice how cool I said that, by the way. Oh, my God. So just remember that. Uh, <laughs> What's the next thing that we need to talk about? God damn it. All right. Um, so there's a few other things, but let's go ahead and, and address this real quick because we kind of mentioned it before. Do you think glamour is going to become a thing? No. And I hope it Denver does. I hope it's gone forever. <laughs> it's such a dumb thing. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, at the time of writing, I know that they were thinking, oh, okay, we can we can add another prejudice in this world of, of people <laughs> and them not liking yordles. And I'm just like... Every little story that involves glamour that I've read so far, I'm just like, it's so mm-hmm. hokey and hokey pokey that I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, guys, it, we can just leave that out. And it sounds like it's it's gone, especially with Heimer and, and with what's his name? Sh- I, don't wanna, I keep wanting to say Schmeagle, like <laughs> the other <laughs> Smeech, 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 the, Smeech, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm not, and and the uh, the hortle, I'm just like, yeah, no, we've we've moved on from from glamour. Thank <laughs> thank God. So such a yeah, there is so many things because for you guys that, that um, don't know, like glamour was used by the Yordles basically because Yordles were kind of a secret race because they're a magical race, and originally, whenever they wrote the lore, everyone was a little more afraid of magic than um, they let on, minus a few areas. So this glamour is this, um, they never even really explained if it's a magic itself or a technology or both or whatever, mm-hmm. but it kind of um, creates the, an illusion. <laughs> I just had of, the whole, the Thor scene who's like, where I come from, magic and science are one and the same. You know? Are one <laughs> and the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of creates, it turns like the vision of them into um, a person, like a, which is already weird because then all yordles would just look like really small people. Yeah. So you'd already be kind of like picking them out from that. Right. And, um, and even then, like they also have introduced, like Jinx can see through it because she is such a chaos driven character that she can see through the magic of glimmer of glamour. Like it's, it's so fucking wonky. Right. Like they, they poked holes in their own very thinly veiled magical thing. Yeah. Um, well, and it, it's one of those two where it's like it, the world is so much more fascinating when they are with, acknowledging yordles, right? And yordles, yeah, just the fact that there are so many diverse species, species and, and races. And yeah. races. So I, I agree with you 100%. I really hope that they Get don't put it in. Get rid of it. Don't throw it in the it. trash can. It was a fucking super hand way. Light it thing. on fire. Kill it dead, you know. Call it dead. So, um, so we're kind of wrapping up here, actually, on the on the big questions. These are more like very much like guessy speculation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that we're going to see Doctor Mundo come in in the next <sighs> season? The problem with Mundo is that, like, the question is, is like, what purpose does he serve? You know, mm-hmm. the other thing is, and this is kind of. I don't think we're going to see him in the next season because it was confirmed that season two was already being worked on um, around the same time that Mundo got his rework. And that rework took a lot of iterations to figure out how they're going to change Mundo, right? And and bring him up to date, which I think they did a great job. Um, We we won't open that can of worms, but um, as far as his character design, but uh, at the end of the day, I just, I don't, foresee us getting a mundo or a zach anytime soon um unfortunately i would love to see them but um i don't want them to be a throwaway character either um and i just don't know if there's enough enough runway for them to to get lift off does that make sense so i i i that does make sense there is Mm -hmm. one part i'll disagree with though okay it is because of the rework that i think we might 
see him. I can't think of a narrative reason why they would introduce him. So I don't mm-hmm. think it I don't think he's coming for the reason that he just it would be tough to really pull him in there and make it make sense and not a joke, right? Yeah. Because he's already like he doesn't have uh, like loyalty to any character. He's literally a psychopath. He he was stuck in a uh, mental institution, right? He was a really nice guy. He was an enforcer of one of the Ken Barons, but he was known to be like a really nice guy. But he stepped on some toes accidentally, and the Ken Baron stuck him in a mental institution. Uh, he went fucking insane in there because he was being experimented on like crazy by these um, people in the institution. And he basically, he thought his straight jacket was a doctor's jacket because uh, he got super big from all of the experimentation. And he, he basically became... And I don't mean this in a negative way. He's literally became mentally retarded. And um, he thought that his straight jacket was a medical jacket. And he all of a sudden head candid himself as a doctor and went around murdering everyone, thinking that he was helping his patients. So it's really hard to make that character have narrative sense to be pulled into a serious show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, I just don't think there's space for him. Um, I but think the, I think there's a better chance of seeing Zach than there is Mundo. Like, I think that there is at least a purpose to Zach, so that makes yeah, sense, right? Yeah. Mundo's just like the lovable psycho idiot that we just want to see because lols. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, the one thing I was saying was that in his rework, the before everything Chemtech was green. Before the rework, or I mean, before uh, they really started going for arcane. Now everything related to it is really purple. Mm-hmm. And in Mundo's rework, the little tanks on his shoulders, uh, they're purple. So they were thinking Shimmer whenever they, whenever they remade him. So that's the only reason why I could see a potential tie-in. Yeah. Um, with him, but I, I narratively, I think that was just a smart thing to do to just kind of make Shimmer Unify a canon it. thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that he's coming in. So I've seen lots of people say that he's going to be coming in because of that. Well, and, I don't think that's keep, the case. Keep in mind, too, you know, we saw Jinx's chopper bomb and how it mm-hmm. had different colors in it. And even the, the Super Mega Death Rocket had, was it yellow and, and a purple? Or what was it? It was yellow and something else. Oh, I don't remember that part now. Yeah, but... As I, far as the coloring of it. That's the thing is is we've already... Singe has already confirmed that he can create variants of the Shimmer. So don't... I would not get it caught in your head that, like, pink is, like, an ironclad, like, rule to Shimmer. Um, I, I think Singe is going to get really crazy. And, and you well, know... purple, not pink. Or yeah. purple, you know, whatever. Like, I think we're going to see pink shimmer. I think we'll see green shimmer. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we, we see different variants of, of this. This. Mm. Uh, I drug. will say, I do think it's going to be mainly purple. I don't I don't know if we're going to see other the, variants. The only that, reason but... I say we're going to see green is because of Warwick. So, uh, yeah. he's got green uh, chemtech. Did, did have green. We'll see if he maintains the green. But um, he better have green. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cannon Warwick or riot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no. Okay. So we both agree on that. Um, let's talk about Twitch real quick. Do you think Twitch is going to be making an entrance? I think he's too. He's like Mundo. He's too goofy. Mundo? Like if if anything, I could see you, the only person that could actually bring Mundo or Twitch into the world naturally would be like Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, and echoes like, you know, adventures in, in the, the streets of Zon kind of situation. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's, 
it's one of those he could bring them in to like work with them or something like that. Like I, I could totally see him like having like a support group for Mundo or some shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I don't know about Twitch, but uh, but yeah, I, I I don't. I think Twitch is just a little too off the wall um, to 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 synergize with the tone that they've set. So. <laughs> Um, Grant, Grant drinks is drinks is off the wall too, but it's it's like an unsettling off the wall instead of like a goofy off the wall. But I mean, there mm-hmm. there are points where she she is goofy and yeah, but definitely. yeah. So. But I I think um so I'm I'm a little different on this one with you. I think that they put him in there. I thought I think that the first one was definitely um you know like when we saw him episode one I think was whenever we saw them experiment on the rat right. Mm-hmm. I think that was definitely like a tease for for Twitch. He is definitely a goofier character, right? And I don't I love his goofiness. He's one of my favorite characters. I love his fucking lines. They're amazing. Um but and I also noticed his eyes. Um I don't know if this was always the way it was, but I did check back a few days ago and his eyes and his skin are purple. They have a purple glow to him, mm-hmm. which um in the transformation scene they showed literally like his eyes turning purple. So I definitely think that was Twitch because um, people, some people said they weren't sure if it was just like a funny nod to it or whatever. I definitely think that was Switch. I think that it would be really cool if they they could still keep the really goofy side of Twitch, but humanize him a little bit um, by making him... He was basically like... I mean, he was a, an experiment of Shimmer. So I think that there's definitely a tragic story there. Mm-hmm. Only one of his kind, right? And um, we used and abused for sure. So I think that if they introduce him correctly and kind of the way that you were talking about more of I could see them kind of like being stuck in a scenario where they're in the the sewers of Zahn. Right. And fucking Twitch <laughs> waddles over and finds them and like actually can be a contributing character and kind of help them. Like I could see them totally seeing this character who looks off the wall is talking like a little bit of a crazy person, you know, (laughs) seems very eccentric. I could totally see that playing out to be a really cool character if they do it correctly. Um, Oh, I mean, if if they can do it correctly, I would love to see him on screen. Yeah. You know, I think Mundo is impossible to make him done correctly. Like, I I just don't (laughs) think we're going to really see him on screen. Yeah. It'd be so hard to make a character like that work because of his like mental dysfunctions. Right. So, but it, it makes, I mean, at the same time, I would. I, more difficult. It, it, if anything, it, uh, it after seeing this last season, I I'm kind of like, I wouldn't be surprised if Riot's like, no, we're gonna really challenge ourselves and see if we can make a really compelling origin story for this character. Like, I I, I would not be surprised at all. So, um, if they really dug into the tra- because it's a it's really like if you take the comedy out of it, it's a fucking tragedy of a story, right? Yeah. yeah. For Mundo, like it's fucking crazy. Um. But I think that you would either like you can't half ass it. So it either you'd need to have like kind of almost a dedicated episode at least for yeah. him uh, mm-hmm. or 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 maybe even a couple like maybe his own show like to really kind of make it work. And you'd have to have even then you'd have to have a, someone that would actually be able to facilitate him narratively. So, yeah, it, it's it's hard to do that one. But if they could work it in fine, I see Twitch is much being um, able to be put in much easier and they've teased him. So I do think that he might be coming in. That was kind of the purpose of that, but we yeah. will have to see. Yeah. Um, 
I think, oh, this is the last one. And this is total because I've seen some people talk about it. And even I have talked about it before, right? Um, Is Clagger really dead? What's your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I don't think it's, like, respectful to revive him at this point. Like, yeah. I I think it's kind of... um, it, it, I don't want to say it's tasteless, but it's it's it would take a lot of finessing that I don't think would be worth it. So yeah, I, I see where from, you're going with it, but yeah, I don't I don't think Clagger is is alive. There was a that that, that explosion was pretty big that um, took place. Yeah, so. who could survive that explosion? Um, yeah. <laughs> many people survived that explosion, but, but <laughs> um, I will. The only thing here is that you know they're saying because you never see he's the only one of the bunch. That you never see actually die. You never see his body. You see his his um, whatever his things fly through the air. His goggles fly through the air with blood splattered across them, and uh, you see them again. Just the goggles later on, but you don't see his body. So people are saying mm. he might be involved somehow in the future. I, I personally hope that that's not the case because I yeah, with I the like whole it. Vander coming back. It's from like the dead, he from the same thing. It's a hat that. on a hat. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just too much of the same. And it's like, and he did it too. And I'm like, eh. eh. It takes away the magic of of, yeah. of Vander. So, and don't get me wrong. I think Clagger was a fucking bad. I actually think he was. I mean, he was. Let's just say in that little fight that they had at the beginning, yeah. he was taking on two people. Vi yeah. was taking on one. Milo was getting his ass kicked by the other. Yeah. Like Clagger is OP. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see kind of what happens if they ever did try to do that. But I really hope that they just kind of let that one lie and he stays dead. Yeah, I agree. All right. I, that's well, it well, on my end. Okay. I, I have two things I want to, okay. want to address. Number one, rank mm-hmm. the, the acts, um, uh, okay. from, from least favorite to most favorite. Oh, there's there's so many good moments in all of them, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think I would have to say, shoot, this is tough. I know. Um, I'm gonna have to say, first act is number one. Third act, number two. Second act, number three. But keep in mind, these are close margins. Yeah. That's actually um, the exact order that I would have them into. Okay. What, just, what's I your think, main reasoning behind the first one being in, up there? I think act one just set the set the tone. You know, it, it mm-hmm. really, that was their initial pitch to get you in, you know, entranced in this world. And I think they just crushed it in act one. Um, mm-hmm. Was it overly complicated? Was there a lot of politics? No, it was simple. It was straightforward, but they mm-hmm. they just nailed it right. Um, right. And I think that was it. Being the most important act, in my opinion, is why it's my favorite as well. So because mm-hmm. um, it really just set the, the the stage for everything to come. Um, uh, act three, I think, is pretty self explanatory. We saw a lot of. Uh, storylines come to fruition um you know uh, for me personally i know uh jinx you know becoming jinx in um mm-hmm. in the the final couple scenes uh mm-hmm. us seeing silco really 
have to, you know, um, debate in his head the whole, um, you know, nation is on or jinx and him Mm -hmm. just, you know, in the end deciding to say he would, he would just never give her up. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. that was amazing. And then, um, what was it? Um, the, the Victor, um, you know, story and everything. So, yeah. Um, I thought that was amazing for act two act or act three. Um, act two felt like it was, it was great. There was a lot of amazing moments, but it, it was very much, uh, teeing up act three is what it felt like. So, um, that's why I, I put it as last. It was still amazing, still great. You know, we get our first taste of, of Jinx, you know, in literally the, the opening sequence. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think as far as just ranking it, it's uh, Act 1, Act 3, Act 2 in that order. So I think, um, so for me, uh, Act 1 wins it out purely because of one thing. And that one thing is Vander. Vander was such a fucking well-done character. It was astounding. I have yeah. never been so attached to a character before. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the way he literally did everything was the most believable thing I've ever seen. And in this scenario, I felt everything. Yeah. Like there is not one moment of that where I said, where I, I could look and say, I would not believe that this person did that. Um, his relationship with Jinx and Vi was so fucking good. We saw the um, connective tissue that Silco and Vander had towards the end there. And that was really good. And it really pays off later on, especially in uh, season three, whenever you see him still talking to the statue act three. of act Vander. Three. Of yeah. Act Three, I'm sorry. Yeah. Of Act Three, whenever he's talking to the statue of Vander, calling him still brother. Um, so there's a lot of things there that I just fucking loved. Um, so he he definitely made that one win out. Um, season three I loved because the... Um, sorry, Act Three. God, I keep saying season. Act Three uh, definitely comes in second place because that whole ending scene. I mean, there's so much to love in season three. Um, it would have easily won if it was not for Vander, but a, it had the moment of with Vander, right. in mm-hmm. the fight, we got to see the dawning of the gauntlets and the dawning of the hammer, but that was cut a little short by the fact that they didn't really validate that as much. And we had the final table scene, which was astounding. And once, and one of the biggest things I liked about that was that it really showed the depth of the relationship that, Silco had with Jinx. Mm-hmm. I loved that moment that they had together. I think it was perfect for Silco's death. And people are yelling to bring back Silco. And I say, fuck you, do not bring back no, Silco. I think no. he died perfectly. Yeah. It's just such um, a well done st- uh, character arc for him. Like, yeah. yeah. I've never wanted a character. To, like, I'm usually one of those people that, like, if I love a character so much, I'm like, bring him back any way I can. But Silco's like one of those characters that I'm just like, He's no. timeless. His, like you, you just have to leave him be. And, exactly. And let His that... purpose was served perfectly. Yeah. I don't need any more from him. He did it all. So, yeah, like definitely that situation. Um, we had the Echo vibe, or I'm sorry, the Echo Jinx battle, which was one of the most miraculous things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely that. And then the last, uh, or season two, rather. Um, season two. Had, oh, God. <laughs> act two. My God. Um, one of the biggest moments that stands out to me is the whenever she had the smoke grenade. Yeah. Right? And she pulled it. I loved that scene where it did the 360 wraparound and it had Milo and Clagger. Yeah. Fuck. That was so well artistically done. It was crazy. Um, 
the entrance of Jinx at the very beginning of the second act was one of the coolest fight scenes that I've ever seen of introductions of a character that I couldn't have imagined before this show. I did not think of her as like a holy shit, watch out for Jinx, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after that battle at the very beginning, I was like terrifying, like holy shit, keep that character away from me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I loved that. It really just, I've never seen anything set the tone so fast for me and change my mind so quickly. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot to love there, too. So that was definitely, that was my reasoning for ranking them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my my final question, are you ready for mm-hmm. this? Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted. Let's just do three. Top three characters in the show. If you had to rank them one to oh, three. I, I was going to do five, but I think we should just do three. <clears throat> oh, that's so tough. Um, I've got mine ready. You want me to do mine? Go, yeah, you go first. Okay. Jesus. I think uh, number one is definitely Jinx. I think Jinx, mm-hmm. like this is her, her story. Like the turmoil and like the the trauma and just everything. This like is an amalgamation of, of her character. And I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get over how well it was done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I think Jinx, you know, stole the show um, in the end. Um, yeah. Number two, I think, is Silco. He's my yep. my fa- second favorite character in the show um, for obvious reasons. We kind of talked about that um, earlier. Um, and number three is Vi. I think, and the thing is, is I, I was, I loved Vi all throughout this, right? But I think her character in act one is incredible. Like mm-hmm. to see the work that they put into her and all the development that they they put in and her, you know, really becoming who she is um, in that moment whenever she's on the the uh, the catwalk and facing down those those people. Mm-hmm. I was just man, I was giddy. I was just like, wow, they they did her character justice so well. Um, so I, I think her her shining moment was actually Act One with Vi. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she had amazing moments in Act Two and Three. Um, plenty of fight sequences that were incredible, but the emotional stakes in Act One were just so good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think those are my my top three characters. Um, I, I think it's I, honestly it was the the Jinx, Fi, and Silco show is what it really was. So so I'm going to ask you to extend it to five and just because <laughs> I'm curious. But okay. um, let me tell you my three, I guess. Yeah. So. Vander, number one for me, honestly. Like, I can't beat it. Um, and this oh, was super wow. this was super close to Jinx, by the way. Jinx Jinx is my second, so close to being my first, which because I've mm-hmm. never seen any like any show explore mental illness in a tragic, entertaining, and respectful way simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's insane how well they did that. And um, the emotional aspect to it as well. They did incredibly well. Like, I believed everything in that performance. Hats off to the voice actress, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so she was my second. But Vander, he is just, he's Papa Vander, dude. I, I don't know what it is about it. But I think part of it has to do with the fact that I know it's an ongoing story with what happens next. So I think that's kind of tainting the um, the, uh, rankings. the ruling here. Yeah, yeah but... 
it's definitely like he was just such a, a strong badass character that he was like that he was the character that was kind of the reluctant leader you know he mm-hmm. was the he was the one that you want to lead but he doesn't necessarily want to himself he knows that he has to to keep everyone safe i got that vibe from him a lot which i loved um and yeah he it was this kind of like he he realized that in order to save people he had to sacrifice you know um himself the position that he was in before basically well you know this is the parallel from what he did in the end versus what he did at the wartime right where he made the deal with piltover and it was obviously controversial and um he sacrificed what he originally intended to do with with zon because he he realized that people's lives were more important and um he uh and yeah what he ultimately did for vi so yeah i i loved every second of that he's definitely number one i told you why jinx is number two. Third is definitely going to be silco i fucking loved silco he mm-hmm. was a perfect villain for me i said that before i won't even go into the reasons why because I, I already mentioned earlier um extending them i would have to say uh and this was real close but it would be jace and then vi for me honestly Really? Um, yep. You really Vi like is, Jace. Okay. And and just, first of all, keep in mind, this is all super close. Like, margins are slim. Yeah, I mean, I, we all love all these characters. Yeah. Like, I love Vi for all the reasons that you said. Don't get me wrong. But I think that Jace was put in such a position that people, and I know that this is, like, a lot of people, a lot of people don't like Jace. And, like, they don't like the way he was handled. I thought he was expertly done. Oh, I thought absolutely. Absolutely. Totally yeah, agree. I know you agree with that. Thank God, but um, <laughs> but it's just well, it's just one that's personally I had to defend it to, right? Well, it, it but didn't it didn't click for me until I I read this article talking about his character arc, and I was just like, holy fuck! Like this okay, guy. Okay, you have to send just, it to me because I want. I just yeah, like, I'll see if I, I can find. I it. love hearing yeah. more people validate him because, yeah, for me personally, I've always just been under the impression that like he he's the most ill prepared person. Yes. Um, for the role that he was thrusted into and he has the responsibility of literally the entire city on his shoulders, the livelihood of a city that is obviously in a totally different position class wise than another city. He's on the council of filled with corruption Right. And he has to try to drain, <laughs> drain the swamp. <laughs> um, but he's he's put in all of these positions and he he has he has to try to create his own agency out of this fucking cesspool that he's around. And I I can't imagine anyone going through that easily. And I mean, it showed that he didn't. And I love the fact that it showed that he didn't. And he made mistakes and he he had to confront those mistakes and he made wrong decisions as anyone would make wrong decisions. And he also made right decisions. Mm-hmm. And this entire time, he was also balancing the life of one of his best friends and having to deal with the progress of the city and basically trying to justify his reasoning behind cutting founder of the city and his mentor, Heimerdinger, out of the equation entirely. Like so much ha- while also being manipulated by Mel. Mm-hmm. manipulated slash helped whatever you want to call it yeah there was an ex- external factor there so yeah he just went through so much and honestly he fucking handled it like a goddamn champion i don't care what anyone says so yeah that's why and then vibe for the same reasons that that you said yeah so what were your extended my extended okay i've given us some thought number four is victor 
Um, I fucking love Victor in this. I thought his character arc was incredible, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that, that whole, that arguably my, one of my favorite scenes is him running, right? Literally Mm -hmm. just running down a, a, a pier. That is it. And I was just so moved during that scene with the ship behind him and everything with the ship behind him and, and, you know, um, uh, the imagery, you, you know, um, uh, you know, looking back on his, uh, yeah. his when he childhood steps in the puddle and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Like just incredible. Um, a, a work of art. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, more, you know, more was told in those like five, six seconds or no, it was probably longer than that, about 10 seconds or so. Mm. than like an hour of most other movies, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, and then my fifth, my number five, This one's tough. I'm, I'm gonna do a weird one just because mm-hmm. I, 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 it's indecisive. And this every time this character showed up, I was just enthralled. Like one of the few characters where I was just like every time he was on screen, I was like, this is incredible. I fucking love him. Um, and it's uh, singed. Like okay. I think, th- like him. Just every time he was on screen, there wasn't a line of dialogue that wasn't amazing. Um, you really had this like subtle kind of, um, you know, he, he had a subtle benign attitude, right? Like almost like harmless in a way. And then, uh, it was just very deceiving because we see what he does to Jinx, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how he kind of, in a way he, he revels in it. Um, and, uh, j- just the way he held himself and the way he communicated with, with Victor and with, um, with Silco, like th- there was a couple of moments where like, you could tell, like when he was talking to Silco, like the, like you, typically you'd go, Oh yeah, Silco is the boss. But anytime he was with Silco, it was very much a like, like, Oh yeah, no, we're doing this together kind of feel. Right. Like, I definitely got more of a partnership vibe yeah. than a boss vibe. Exactly, sure. exactly. So I think Silco considered himself the boss. I don't think Singe did at all. Yeah, I think Singe was just like, well, you call yourself whatever you want. I don't care. But, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm, I'm here to do experiments, you know. Um, yeah. If you enable me, cool. If not, I'll just leave, you know, whatever. Like, that was his, like, whole attitude, right? Um, mm-hmm. This was a character that was totally unexpected for me. Um, and... Singe is very different in the game. So seeing him, um, you know, matured and, and better realized in this series, I thought was just incredible. Like, um, so I guess maybe that's, that's kind of tainting my influence of him too, is like knowing what he's come from to what he is now. Um, right. But I will character origin story, his character origin story. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I think we we definitely haven't seen the last of Singed. Um, I think we're going to get some really juicy stuff when it comes to him um, in the next season. There's so many characters like specific champions linked to Singed and massive plots in the uh, in the overall narrative of Runeterra. He's he's arguably probably one of the, the most developed characters in <laughs> league lore um yeah he's he's critical to a lot of things like if it wasn't for him the whole ionian war would not have been with noxus noxus ionian war it would not have been what it was that's for sure mm-hmm. so um so yeah i i, I think he was kind of a, a breakout for me um i just i thought every scene he was in he just stole it um so yeah yeah those are my top All five right. 
So fair. Okay. I mean, I am a little offended that you didn't put Jason there, but whatever. We'll talk about it. Later. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's in my uh, he's in my top any... ten. Okay. No. <laughs> just start listing off all the characters. Yippee! Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, is there any other questions that that you had, or are you are you done? Um, those are the two that I just really wanted to 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 talk about. Was the uh, favorites by acts and favorites by characters. So I think it's a good one to end okay. on. So. All right. Well, then, yeah, there you go, guys. We are all set. That's everything. Just about two hours. It's honestly like pretty normal. I was thinking it might have ended like. up being two. Like I I knew at minimum it was going to be an hour and a half. I figured at most uh, two and a half hours. So right in the middle. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so that'll wrap it up for this week, guys. Uh, we're going to have... We're going to see what episode we're going to come up with next. Hopefully we can try to, to land a rioter again to come on. We've had them before and they've been awesome. So uh, hopefully we can get one based in the arcane development process to come on. Um, but yeah, so make sure to uh, you know like, subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts. Please give us those five stars. Leave us a nice review. Really appreciate it. If you want to list off a character, we'll try to read it off in their voice, which, by the way, we do have one coming up um, where we have to read it off in. I don't remember which voice now, but it was a female voice. So we're going to have a lot of fun with so that. So you're going to have fun with that. So uh, you're going to have <laughs> so much fun with that. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> um, but, anyways, uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to it. Can't wait to do it. We're, we have another episode coming. Um, make sure to go to uh, our Twitter at cor underscore pod where you can of course just type in chronicles of runeterra um find us there subscribe to us add us dm us anything like that we'd love to hear from you guys and as i said before adventures of runeterra it should already actually be on um uh, apple podcast or really most of the other podcast areas right now um so you can probably subscribe to it already you can't listen to anything yet but it'll come so don't worry about it, but make sure to kind of keep in touch with us on that. And also uh, the lore stories that we were talking about. We're going to be releasing a podcast relating to that. We just don't have the name for it yet. So it'll probably be uh, Blank of Runeterra is, is our <laughs> naming scheme. So we'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next time. Peace.